Okay, now I used to believe this as a pastor. I used to look at my people. Sometimes I'd you know, find out what your job was, you know, and I would think, you know, we don't really know one another sometimes because I you know, have no idea. Y'all know, y'all know Brother Jimmy? Did y'all know Jimmy is, is, is a firefighter? Did y'all know that? I mean, when you, if you didn't know that, then you look at it, next time you look at him, you're going to think, wow, I didn't realize you were a firefighter, you know? I, you know, I thought you were just a pro wrestler, you know, shaving your hair off like that or something. I, I, I didn't know that about you, you know? Or, or Pierce, you know, he's a, he's a security consultant slash entrepreneur. Did you know that? Well, security consultant. Wow, pretty cool, yeah. You got, got problems in your neighborhood, you might want to talk to him, correct? You know? And, and I used to think we, we would know those things, when we learned those things, we would say, oh, So that's who they really are. But is that who you really are? Is that really who you are? I mean, how many of you really want, I mean, there are a few people in this world that are, that are doing jobs that they need to, or want to be defined by. But if you were to shout out your particular job that you do, how many of you would really want to be, think about what that is. What would you say? How many of you really want to be defined by that? That that's the thing you want people to look and say, oh, he is a, and say what that is. She is a, and say, most of us don't want that because, you know, and, and some of you just in a few years, you're going to be retiring. And, and when you retire, you still don't want to be known as that. I mean, even, even if you love your job, I mean, you know, you really want things to be deeper than that. So here's, here's the thing I've come to realize is, is sometimes I would wonder, you know, because I'd get really close to the people I was pastoring and I'd find out what they do during the week and, and it would kind of change my whole look, uh, view of them. And then I began to realize that, no, you know what? Being their pastor, being your pastor, I have a more real relationship with you than the people who know you five days a week and work with you. For example, let me just for example, y- y'all know Regina Lenore, Regina Lenore. Y'all know her. She's real estate agent, broker, you know. Some of you didn't know that. Now, she did not pay me to tell y'all she was a real estate agent so that you would all run to her to sell your house, okay? She, she didn't pay, okay. But she's a real estate agent, real estate broker. And, and you know, people that know her five days a week, that's what they know about her. Now, listen, if you know Regina, you know every once in a while she's working in something about Jesus. You've been around her. You know she's working that in, but it's almost, you have to work that in. When you're a real estate agent, you have to work that in. It's not something that just naturally comes up in conversation, you know, while you're saying, what kind of offer do you want to make on this house? And Jesus will tell you what, now she does kind of work that kind of thing in a lot of times, but you know, you know, those people, they see her as a real estate agent. But when you get to know Regina, and uh, one of the reasons I picked her is because I know that I'm not embarrassing her right now. I'd be embarrassing the stew out of some of you right now, but when you get to know Regina and you hang out with her here at church, you never even, I don't even think about her being a real estate agent on Sunday. When I see her attitude, when, and, and when I ask her about her family and, and she begins telling me, especially when they just come through something, she begins telling me about how great God was and the miracle that has happened and she starts giving God praise and she starts talking about the God that answers prayer. And then when, then when I say, Regina, I need you to pray with me and she's on our prayer team and you know, you people that step up and you, you take her by the hand, you say, Regina, I want you to pray with me and you, and you begin to hear her prayer as she, maybe she throws a scripture at you or pours a little something, and then she begins, begins to pray. You, you hear her prayer. You say, there is so much more to this lady than just being a real estate agent. What I'm saying to you is, there is no more real place and real relationship you will have than the ones you have right here in church. This is, this is more the reality. 
than that out there because we put on our faces, we put on uh, you know, our, our coats and ties or, or you know, our smocks or our scrubs or whatever it is that you wear to work. We put those on and we become, it's like we step into that. Now I know some of you, you're doing it 50, 60 hours a week and it seems like that's all that you are. But when you come to church, when you begin to develop real relationships, and I know that's where some of you are, you haven't done that yet. So you don't feel like this is as real as that is out there. I said, that's the problem. What you need to do is you need to take off the scrubs, the smock, you know, the, the coat, tie, whatever it is. You need to take off the label and you need to start being real here because when you are real here, this is the most real relationship you will have is here in church. It is the most, the most real relationship you can possibly have is right here in church. But I know what some of, some of you others are thinking as well. You're thinking, but people aren't real in church. They act like they don't have any problems. Here's one of the things we believe at 2911. We believe there are no perfect people anywhere, okay? Is there anybody perfect here today? Because if you are, you are in the wrong church, okay? We don't have perfect people at 2911. We don't even act like we have perfect people at 2911. We, we, don't even, we don't even want to present this possibility that somebody here in this room is perfect. Even singing that song just a few minutes ago about it is well with my soul. Oh, that sounds like, wow. Boy, they got it all together, don't they? You know, that they can sing, it is well with my soul. I'm, you know, I'm barely, you know, treading water, barely got my nose above water. And they're singing, it is well. You listen to the words, the rest of the words to that song. It's talking about through it all, through it all. These are people that are fighting the battles every single day of their life. But through it all, what they are learning is, if I will take down all those facades and take off the mask and just be real with Jesus, through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you and it is well today because he is able to, to, to win all of my battles, to give me victories in all of my places. And I invite you to do the same thing. Okay, you know, let me, let me throw it at you the other way. If you really want to be perfect, let, let me tell you how to look perfect in a church, okay? First of all, when you've been here three or four months, you need to leave, okay? If you've been here longer than three or four months and you want to look perfect, you better get out of here before you figure out what all your problems are. Because we already know you got problems. But if you stay here too long, we're going to figure out what they are. And, and, and you go to another church for three or four months, and you need to leave that church after them because those people will too. And, and incidentally, while you're at that, that next church, don't join any small groups. Boy, will you join small groups? If you get, you get too close to people, people figure out what your problems are. So don't talk to too many people after church. Don't even get in the yogurt mountain. Just hurry out the door. If you want to be, you probably don't even need to hang around and talk. Don't get here early enough to, to, to sip some coffee with everybody. And don't hang around. You know, don't make any contacts or relationships. And you know what you probably ought to need to do also is go just deactivate your Facebook account. You know, if you want to look perfect, you're going to have to just hop around, hop around, hop around and not make any real relationships in your life. Because... Everybody, you go, when you go to that next church and that next church and every three or four months you're going to another, when you get to those churches, those people, they know you got problems, but you're new and so they're not going to ask you about them. And so you can continue to look perfect for a while, but everybody knows no one is perfect. And what's really interesting to me is it's the people who want to feign perfection in their life, that want to act like they've got it all together, those are the ones, come on, I just gotta be honest with you, 
that everybody else is kind of, <laughs> you know, snickering. Like they think they've got it all together. They think we don't see. They think we don't know. What I'm trying to tell you is there are no perfect people anywhere. And as long as you're trying to be perfect, you will never have that joy to sing, it is well with my soul. I have bared my soul to him and it is well. Now look, here's, here's the, other, the other side of that a little bit. We're, we're not saying we want you to come to small group and tell us all your dirty laundry. Absolute, absolutely not. As a matter of fact, we probably don't want to hear too much of your dirty laundry. You know, we really don't, you know, but here's the thing. We don't care. If you've got to share something so somebody can pray with you, absolutely share it. If you've got to share something because you've got a great testimony, absolutely share it. But we're not saying you've got to come in here and you've got to tell us all of your dirty problems. No, because you know what? We don't want to stand up and tell you all of our dirty problems from the past either. And that's the freedom that we have in grace, that all of that, if it's under the blood, it's in yesterday. And we don't have to deal with it anymore. So you're not looking at perfect people today that are smiling in the middle. You're looking at people who have problems that are smiling because God has forgiven them of their filthy past and he is helping them fight their battles and giving them a future for tomorrow. That's what you're looking at. Yeah, you can give God a hand of praise for that. That's what it's about. Look, paraphrase. One of, one, of, one of David's favorite TV shows, and it's not, right now it's not even, it's, a, it's an old sitcom. It's not even in uh, reruns anywhere we can find it now. I actually, I, I enjoy watching it. It's, and it's, it, it's, it's a chick TV show, but I enjoy watching it. And I think one of the reasons is because of the matriarch, the lady in charge, Julia Sugarbaker on Designing Women. Uh, and it's always kind of been one of her favorites. And I, I enjoy watching it too. I wish it was on. We'd, we'd probably record it and we'd watch them, you know, right before we went to bed, we'd probably watch a bunch of them. There is a, there is a speech that she made that fits in really good right here in my sermon, okay? There is a, this, the, one of the characters in the, in, in the sitcom is Bernice. Now, Bernice has um, some arterial blood flow problems from the neck up. Okay, meaning... I mean, that, that's actually, I think, how somebody describes it is that she's not getting everything she needs to her brain. So sometimes it's not all coming together for her, but she's hilarious. And her niece wants to have her committed. And so her niece is, you know, she's petitioned a judge to have her committed so that she can run her life and make all of her decisions and everything. And Julia is trying to explain to her that Bernice is not a problem. Sure, she's a little crazy, but she's not a problem. And this is what, this is what Julia says to her. She says, this is the South, and we are proud of our crazy people. We don't hide them up in an attic. We bring them right down to the living room and show them off in front of everybody. See Phyllis, that's the niece's name is Phyllis. She says, see Phyllis, no one in the South ever asks you if you have crazy people in your family. They just ask you which side they're on. <laughs> Amen. So what is it you're trying to say? pastor. <laughs> You're saying all of us crazy? No, here's what I'm trying to say. Let me paraphrase Julia Sugarbaker here. This is 2911. We are proud of our people that are working through their problems. And we don't give them masks of piety to hide behind. We bring them right down into the living room and give them opportunities of service because everyone has something awesome to do for Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You got C. Phyllis. Okay, still paraphrasing Julia. C. Phyllis, 
In 2911, no one will ever ask you if you have a problem. They'll just ask you, which one of these small groups do you want to join? That's what makes 2911 one of the safest places you can go on a Sunday morning, is because we acknowledge that we all have problems. And we're not, we're not really interested in what your problem is unless you need me to pray about it today. What we are interested in is walking with you in life, praying with you, encouraging you. That's what makes it, makes it a safe place to be, is because we acknowledge we have problems. Let me take you to a scripture, uh, finally take you to a scripture. This is this true story. Uh, this, is not, this is not just some, some teaching, but it's teaching through the story of what actually happened. John chapter 8. This is a woman we, we sometimes refer to as the woman caught in the very act of adultery. All right, in verse two, it says that Don, he, capital H, so we're talking about Jesus right here. Verse one kind of tells us that. And at dawn, Jesus went to the temple complex again, and all the people were coming to him. He sat down and began to teach them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery, making her stand in the center, right there in the middle of all the people. They found this woman, and she has been committing adultery. She, she or the guy she was with, one of them at least was married, probably both of them, and she's been stepping out on her husband. Uh, and they made her stand right there in the center, made the accusation public. And they said to Jesus, teacher, this woman was caught in the act of committing adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? And you know what Jesus did? They asked him to trap him in order that they might have evidence to accuse him. Jesus just stooped down and started writing on the ground with his finger. When they persisted in questioning Jesus, you know, it's like he ignored them. He just started writing in, in the sand. I've heard a lot of people talk about what he was writing. That's not important. Just, just stay with me right here for at least for this sermon, that's not important, okay? They thought he was just ignoring them, so they just kept asking him, kept asking him. And when they did, he finally stood up and said to them, the one without sin among you should be the first to throw a stone at her. Hmm. Hmm. Then he stooped back down and started writing again. He continued writing on the ground. The next verse. When they heard this, they left one by one, starting with the older men, only Jesus was left with the woman in the center. And when Jesus stood up, he said to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she said, no one, Lord. So Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, do not sin anymore. I think this is an, kind of an allegory of, the, of a lot of modern churches in America today. And, and, and here's what's going on is there, there is someone who is desperately at the feet of Jesus because their life is about to end. Maybe not their physical life, maybe their emotional life, maybe their financial life, maybe their married life. And they are desperately at the feet of Jesus because something is crashing down upon them. But then you've got all these people standing around acting like they're perfect. You know, it's really interesting. All the people holding the stones are the people who are hiding something. Because, you know, the people who are going through the same problems, you know, they don't have, they don't have any stones to throw. <laughs> because they said, no, 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 if I throw this stone at you, you can pick it up and throw it back at me because I got the same problem you do. You know, or, 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 or those people that are just kind of act like, you know, the other people that don't have stones to throw are those who they've had, for, they've had something so horrible in their life forgiven that they realize everyone needs grace. 
But here we have these men. Now, it calls them scribes and Pharisees. And, and sometimes we forget that, that these, weren't, these weren't like uh, professional clergymen. These weren't guys that, that just worked at the temple. These were guys that had regular jobs just like you, and just like you know, these that I was mentioning just a few moments ago, you know, regular jobs, but they were religious businessmen. They were religious shopkeepers and merchants. They were religious bakers. They were, they were religious entrepreneurs. They were religious landowners, okay? So they were just regular people, but they were very, very religious. And in their religion, they were covering up a whole lot of stuff. And when Jesus said, let he who is without sin cast the first stone, I believe there were two realizations that came to them at that moment. And the first one was, is that this Jesus is looking beyond our facades and our masks, and he, he knows that we have problems in our lives. So the very first realization they had to make was, I got problems. You know, that's the very first step to getting to the feet of Jesus and getting help for your need, is admitting you got problems. As long as you're back in the corner, back in the shadows, you know, I kind of, kind of think about that a little bit when we come down to the front at the end. You know, you stay back in the shadows in the corners, it's like, you know, nobody's seeing me and nobody knows I got problems. Listen, we know you got problems. We just might not know what they're called. You know, we might not know what they're named. Might not know how long you've had them or that kind of, but we know you got problems. You're, the first thing you need to do to really get help, to be able to stand with the rest of us and say, sing to the very, if you can't sing it out loud because you don't have a great voice, but to at least be able to sing it with all of your heart and soul, it is well. The first thing you're going to have to do to get to that place where you can say, it is well in my life, is you're going to have to admit you got problems. But that wasn't their only realization. Because they're standing there holding that stone ready to throw, and Jesus says, let he who's without sin cast first stone. They first of all, they're thinking, well, yep, I got, I got sin in my life. I got, I got problems. But then I believe they started thinking, now, if this guy is exactly who he said, if he really is the son of God, he might start naming names and naming sins here in just a minute. And I think, I hear my wife calling me, and I need to go home. Is that what happens to the perfect people? It's when they realize, and listen, if you don't realize that one day, what's going to happen is you're going to find yourself at the same place that the woman caught in adultery did. Jesus loves you too much to let you keep walking a bad path and destroying your life. You can keep, you can keep rebelling and you can keep telling him no, and you can keep trying to put on the Sunday morning facade if you want to, but here at 29, we're going to keep ripping it off of you every chance we get. We're going to keep reminding you, no, you got problems. We're going to keep saying, you need prayer. You need to be in a small group. You, you need to reach out and you need to allow somebody else to help. You don't have it all together. You hadn't got it all figured out. There is no one here today that does not need at least one more prayer, at least one more small group, at least one more good friend, at least one more good sermon, at least one more. Every one of us, we all have problems and we're going to keep reminding you of that until the day that you die because that's what God is doing. He's reminding you right now. And, it, it, and we, I believe God loves us so much. I believe that's what happens when we fall flat on our face and it's public and everybody knows it's because God was trying so hard and we wouldn't listen. And finally he says, look, let me, let me just bring this to a head here. And he brings it to a head. And then you make the decision. Do I get help now or do I let God just keep messing with my life more and more and more and more and more and pulling off those facades? Open up to him today. D don't, don't, don't allow yourself. Don't allow yourself to be fooled. Don't allow yourself to fall. Like, 
We, there's all kinds of masks and facades or excuses that we use. Let, let, me, let me throw one at you. I, I got about two more points in this message. Let me throw one at you just before I get to this last point. Clicks. Y'all know what a click is? It's not what you think it is. I hear people use clicks as an excuse all the time. Well, I'd go over there, but they got a lot of clicks. Well, what is a click? You know, because I hear people say, well, I, I'd, I'd be a part of that ministry, but they got clicks. Now, what, what is a click? I, let me tell you what a click is not. When two guys go fishing on Saturday, that's not a click. Okay, they can't take 12 people in that boat for two men. Okay, and, and you know, there are some activities that are meant for small groups. And you say, okay, but we can all get a boat and go. Yeah, y'all would really look c- cool, right? Right? Y'all would really catch a lot of fish if y'all had 10 boats out there gathered around one log trying to catch that one bass off that one log, right? You know, there are some things that, I mean, that's just the way it is. I would say, well, we wouldn't really be all together. Exactly. You wouldn't be all together. Imagine a bunch of women going shopping. Can you imagine 20 women going shopping? Now I know. Yeah, y'all do that, right? But when you get to the mall, what do you do? Do y'all go together? I mean, do y'all go over there and look at that one rack, you know? Oh, hey, you like this, like this? Okay, we've checked this one out. Here's one over here. Let's all move over here together, right? No, there are some things that are meant to be done in small groups. It doesn't make it a click. You know, if five or six people went to the, went to the premiere of, the, of Star Wars, the last Star Wars movie, that doesn't make it a click. You know, another reason for things like that is they heard you say you don't like sci-fi. So they didn't ask you to go because they didn't want to ruin your night and you ruined theirs. Come on, somebody, amen. <laughs> you know, if, you don't, if it's not your thing, then don't get mad when you're not invited. That doesn't make it a click because they went and did something you don't like. Here's another, just like this. Here's another one. Everybody go to a restaurant. Some people go to a restaurant this afternoon that you don't like. They know you don't like that restaurant. Yeah, but they haven't been going there for the last six months because you, you don't like it. And finally they say, let's just, let's just go there. And, and let's just go there today. Just three or four of us go there today. And, and you're like, they went without me and they know I don't like it. Yeah, the reason they didn't ask you is because you made some face like you smelled something, you know, last time they mentioned that restaurant. Yeah, and so, you know, when somebody... I am am doing some lighthearted preaching right here to try and dig into some of you and your self-pity and say, come on, let's grow up and get over it. When somebody does something that maybe you don't exact, that doesn't make them a click, okay? Here's the definition of click right here. A small, exclusive group of people. If they go to a restaurant that you don't like, that doesn't mean they're exclusive. But when, you know, when they walk up, you, you, you've seen the movies, right? Teenage movies especially. You, know, you remember the, you've seen any, t- any movie that has anything to do with a high school, you'll see cliques. You'll see that group that only lets certain people in. That's what a clique is. And I'm telling you, I don't see any of those around here. You see them at 29 Live, you come, let's me and you go and sit down and talk. Because we don't condone cliques around here. I'm looking for them. If I see, I break them up if I can. I don't like cliques. We don't condone, condone cliques, but we absolutely wholeheartedly support and promote small groups where people get together and, and they begin to dig in and begin to find ways to do ministry to help one another and to help other people out. We do that. And that's what small groups are. They're not cliques. I mean, that, that's, one, that's one of the reasons a lot of churches won't do small groups. They think they're cliques. But if you follow that reason, then every Sunday school class that has ever met is a clique. Every prayer meeting that has ever met is a clique. Because you had to work that night. You didn't get to go. Well, they were a clique then. If you're going to use that same 
explanations that I was using a moment ago. Do not let self-pity whip you in this and keep you from stepping into the place where God wanted to bring you in. You remember about three weeks ago, I gave you, I gave you a stat. 82%. I, I actually went back and ran the numbers. I looked at the people that had been coming to 2911. They'd come six months, eight months, a year or what, and then finally leave. And some of them left because of jobs, because of school, you know, having to go to college out of state even. Uh, and some of them left because of family issues and ha had to move to another place or move to another church or whatever for some reason. 82% of those who left were not connected to a small group or to a ministry team. So I'm gonna this is what I'm telling you with this, is if you don't connect here, you're probably going to leave here. If you don't connect to one of these small groups, if you don't get connected to a ministry team, you're probably going to leave here because you have to connect because that's what church is. And in 2911, I believe, I believe this is the, safe, I believe this is the safest church around. And I don't mean because of our safety team, even though thank God for them and all the work they do. I mean, spiritually, this is the safest church around because we don't try to know your junk. We just wanna help you with your junk. This past, well, recently I'll say that I, I went and uh, met with someone that God brought into my life last year. They're not a member of this church. They don't attend this church. But God brought, you, you remember I also said this just about four weeks ago, when we was talking about next person, actually I, that was like three weeks ago, that in 2016, God is going to ordain some people into your life. In 2015, this was a person God ordained into my life. And they had problems. And, and I went and met with this person this week because I told them most of the times when people come to us, when people like people with marriage problems, marital problems come to me and Deva, when people with financial problems come to me and, you know, or whatever the problems are, when they come to us, normally it's over. It's too late. Now, it's never too late with God, but the problem is they've already made up their mind before they come and ask us. Are you listening? Some of you need to listen to that. Because if you don't take the mask off, take the facade down and step out of the attic and get down in the living room with the rest of us, it's going to be too late. You're going to decide. You're going to, you're going to take this thing way too far until it's over. But I went and met with this guy, and I said, Here, here's, here's the real reason I wanted to meet with you. I mean, I told him this. I said, most people. I said, but somehow yours, yours is turning around. And, and I think I know what the reason is, but I wanted to hear you tell me what you think the reason is. And he began laying out for me. I told you, this is not his church, okay? So he's not been to a small group here. All right, now he's... he's been around some of you, but he's not been to a small group here. He's not done a lot of things that we've done together. But he did meet with me several times and allow me to pour some things into him. So pastor, you saved him? No, that's not what I'm saying. He thanked me for that, but he, he barely even mentioned me. But you know what he talked about? He talked about there were people at his home church that he had kind of gotten away from that were reaching out to him. And then there were people through, through other areas of things. And there were some small groups that reached out to him. And there were some things that God did. And God had connected him with a ministry five hours away from here, away from his home. 
And, and, and he began talking to two, two different counselors and, and not, 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 you know, the big money making, you know, the, and I'm not saying that counselors are wrong because they collect money, but I'm saying just two counselors in a church that were trained, but they were just the counselors there in the church that he reached out to and not his church, but a church five hours away from there. And he began talking about all these things. And as he began talking about all those, you know, you know, sometimes I know you wish, man, I wish he'd have just said 2911, just, just pa- you pastor, I wish you'd have just, no, because I, I, I'm glad I wanted to hear the truth. Let me tell you the truth. Here's the truth is because God didn't put a man in his place, in his way so that he would run into one man. God didn't give him something to hang on to, to begin rebuilding his life. God gave him some things. God gave him opportunities of, of meeting people and of counseling with people and of talking to people and have people, having people pour into him. God gave him opportunities also to actually reach out out of the middle of all of his struggles and battles and, and out of the middle of his storms. And then in the middle of that, he was reaching out to other people and he was writing checks to try and do things at Christmas and, and various things. And God gave him those opportunities. And God connected him with, with other ministers, with other counselors, with small groups and things. And God, God didn't get, put something in his life. God put some things in his life for him to take advantage of. And he has, and it ain't over because he's still in his through it all. But he would hold his hand up with me today and say, it is well. It is well. Because when I said, most people come to me and it's already over, he said, when I, when I first talked to you, I thought it was all over too. He said, but God's doing a miraculous thing. Why? Because he took advantage of the things, the things, these opportunities that God put in his life. And here's my question to you. Will you take advantage of those opportunities, like today, small groups. Man, some awesome opportunity that God, God is ordaining some small group leaders into your life this, this semester. God is ordaining some, some leaders into your life this year. God is ordaining some people into your life that you need to pour into, not just to be poured into from them. Will you take advantage of them? The ladies just had ladies brunch. I was looking at some of the pictures this week that came back that Ollie had taken from. I said, wow, what an amazing thing. And you know what? Some of you ladies, you weren't there. Oh man, I wish you could have been there because I'm, I'm thinking about some of you right now. You needed to be there. You needed to hear these stories that these ladies, you know what they did is they took, they took the facade down. And some of them, they didn't tell like really, they didn't, they didn't air the dirty laundry. They just said, here was my problem and here's what God has done. You needed you needed to be there, ladies. And you know, here's the sad thing. It's going to be another year before another one of those happens. It's going to be a year. You missed it. See, you got to take advantage of these opportunities. Now, I'm probably going to be in trouble if I get home today and I don't say this. And so let me say this. Ladies' retreat's coming up real soon, okay? So you can sign up for that, all right? I'll be in trouble with my wife if I don't say that, 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 that they've, they've, they've set up a women's retreat. And you, you need to get involved. You need to find a place to connect. Men... You know, we, we got some men that I think some of their wives, you know, it's always been some of their wives, you know, would like to sleep in on Saturday. They really don't want to get up early on Saturday and have to fix breakfast. Man, we got a men's group that's been meeting perennially every, every, every Saturday morning. They're over and over and over back there. What, what, what's your group? If you're, if you're brand new, married, you know, and he, here's the thing is we, we want to step back and say, oh, if I, if I join that group, people will think, you know, like Financial Peace University, if I join that group, people will think I got money problems. Wait, you don't? 
You know, I, if there, there's a few of you that may not have money, you got more money than you, you can have, but most of us have something we need. But, but here, here's the thing is you got to get over that. Because you, you know who goes to small groups? You know who goes to couples, small groups? Couples that are making it. You know who goes to married small marriages that are making it? You know who goes to Financial Peace University? People who are making it, but they want to make it better. Now, if you're about to get married, you need to seriously consider Financial Peace University. You know why? That's that small group back there. Uh, what's his name? Dave Ramsey. See, y'all know, don't you? You need to, uh, taught by Pearson, you need to seriously consider that small group. Not because you've got financial problems now, but so when you start your marriage, you will be building it on a foundation that is strong in finances. And, it, it, you know, and if you can't go to that one because it's on the wrong night, then you need to look. I think I saw three back there that are four couples. I'm forgetting that you need, you need to, if you're about to get married, you need to do something that is going to pour in because most of the other people that are going to join those, they're going to join them out of a, I got to because now I'm at the feet of Jesus. My life is falling apart. I'm losing my marriage or I'm losing something else. A lot of people are right there and they're going to join that because we fight all the time and or whatever. But don't wait until there's problems and go back there and find out which one's going to help you solve your problems. Choose right now to pour into your life, your marriage, your relationships, your finances, whatever it is, choose right now to do something to build it up, make it strong. I got one last little thing I want to share with you. Would you join me at the front, please? If you're a first time attender, let me say, tell you that we like to close around front, final song, final prayer. So if you're comfortable, we'd love to have you join us. We don't do anything weird down here, I promise promise. We'd just love to have you join us. So come on, let me, let me share one little, last little quick thing with you. We'll sing a song and you got to do one more little thing and then be dismissed. Okay, that story of that woman caught in adultery you know, right here at the feet of Jesus, thrown at the feet of Jesus. and Her, her life is about to be taken from her because these men say, we have authority to stone her. We could have stoned her without even bringing her to you, Jesus. But we're testing you. They didn't say that out loud. We're testing you. Just see what you say about that. You're in a very dangerous place here right now but you're in the safest place to be in danger. Because if you're trying to hide and you're trying to act like you don't have any problems, this is dangerous. Because at the feet of Jesus, there is no room for anything but real. That's the only thing, there, there's not any room for being perfect and acting like you're something you are not. So if you're, you're trying to be perfect, this is a dangerous place for you. Don't step forward in a few minutes if you're trying to be perfect because this is a dangerous place for you because you're going to have to admit, yeah, i got to be real with Jesus, but this is the safest place to be. Because you look, it, it, was, it was those men who, was, who were in danger. They were the ones who were about to be found out. It was their marriages who were on the line. It was their, these were Pharisees and scribes. These were men of upstanding in the community. They were about to lose it all if Jesus started naming names. Yeah, let me, t let me tell everybody about the woman you see it on the side. Let me tell everybody about the money that you've been skimming off the top. Let me tell everybody about the taxes you hadn't been paying. They were about to lose. They were the ones that were in danger, the ones that weren't being real with Jesus. You see, this is dangerous, but it's a danger 
that God has already calculated that if you're willing to step out into that place of being real with him, amazing can really start happening in your life. Because most of your relationships, your marriage relationships, dating relationships, work relationships, relationships at school, relationships in your home with your parents, with your siblings, with your kids, most of your relationships are messed up because this relationship is messed up. When you begin to make this relationship between you and God healthy, then all of these will automatically start getting healthy too. So you want to work on, you want to work on your relationships this, this month? Let me say, start right here. Right here. At the feet of Jesus. So I, I want to pray with you. I really want to encourage you. This morning, please, if you need something, would you let me in, or this prayer team, one of these prayer team members, would you let us pray? We, we pray every week, God, let me pray with somebody today. Because we already know you got problems. Some of you are sick. We want to pray for healing. Some of you got financial needs. We want to pray for you to have a financial miracle. Some of you need a better job. We want to pray with you to have that better job. Lexi just shared with the prayer team this morning. We were praying for a man named Keith. I had people text him and ask me later, who is Keith? I don't know him at church. We don't know him. I've never met Keith. She was telling us that somebody that she knew that, that went to the doctor for one thing. They found out he had a 70% blockage. They rushed him into surgery right then and did surgery immediately. She was telling us this morning, you remember that Keith guy that, oh yeah, yeah, remember that? He's at home today. Thank God. Amen. Amen. That's why we want to pray for you. You take the mask off this morning and just be like the rest of us. Man, I've messed up so many times. I've messed up so many times. Just be like the rest of us this morning. Take the mask off. And if there is anything that you can just kind of, I need this, let us pray with you today. Would you bow with me right now? God, help us.